to Yo and Yo's podcast. We've had the privilege of advising Michigan businesses for over 95 years, and we want to share our knowledge with you, covering tax, accounting, technology, financial, and advisory topics relevant to you and your business. Yo and Yo's podcast is hosted by industry and subject matter experts, where we go beyond the beans. So if you want to stay in the know about business issues and trends that affect you, then keep listening because this is Everyday Business with Yo and Yo. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Everyday Business. My name is Pete Bender. I'm a principal in the Saginaw office of Yo and Yo and leader of Yo and Yo Wealth Management. Today is our first in a series, wealth management series of podcasts uh, covering various topics, and I'm happy to welcome with me today, Matt Cash. Matt is a certified financial planner and a financial planning consultant from Advantax Planning Partners. Advantax Planning Partners is the company that Yo and Yo partners with to provide wealth management, financial planning, and investment services for our clients. I'm very happy to uh, welcome Matt today. How you doing, Matt? Good, Pete. Thanks for having me on today. Great. Um, so today we want to take a few minutes and talk about a topic that's I sure is on everyone's mind, and that's inflation and market volatility. Understandably, a lot of investors are dealing with the stress of that today. So in today's podcast, we want to talk a little bit about inflation, how it can potentially impact your financial strategy and some steps you can take to help minimize the impact and, and also possibly some tax planning strategies that can help you uh, combat inflation. Uh, are you ready to roll, Matt? Um, as ready as I'll ever be. All right, sounds good. Easy question right off the bat, Matt. Uh, we're talking about inflation. What, what's some of the causes of inflation, especially the things that have caused inflation here in the past uh, several months? Yeah, it's a topic that comes to mind for almost all of the client interactions that I've been having this year. And primarily what, what happened was in, in 2020, we saw, you know, the country was basically shut down during, during COVID and um, all business was essentially put to a halt. The markets were kind of sputtering and liquidity was drying up. And what that means is just there was a lot of fear out there. To combat some of that fear, the Federal Reserve dropped the uh, Fed funds rate, the rate by which banks lend to each other, uh, to zero. And essentially what that does is open up the spigot for banks to lend to each other and money to flow more freely than what's happening uh, during the COVID pandemic lows. The Fed dropped rates to zero and essentially opened up the, uh, the markets to more liquidity. And uh, there was also fiscal stimulus going on, you know, stimulus checks, there was spending on COVID, and there was essentially a lot of money printing going on. And, you know, that has continued until even, even recently, the Fed is still increasing the size of their balance sheet. Uh, they tend to, or their uh, goal is to sort of taper that off in June um, and reduce the balance sheet. When you look at the supply of money that has um, increased since 2020 in February or March or so, it's, it's really gone up. If you take what's called M2, which is a measurement of money circulating in the system, 
it's gone up uh, 40% since February of 2020. So the money supply has increased. And basically what happens in those cases is there's a, a more money in the system, the value is reduced of every dollar, um, and that's what leads to inflation, the purchasing power of your dollar is reduced. There's been a confluence of events that took place since March of 2020. And, and as a result, uh, the price of the, the value of the dollar has decreased, the money supply has increased, and we're seeing prices everywhere increase. And so that in a nutshell is basically what's happened um, and why we're seeing the, uh, those inflation numbers in the eight percentage ranges that we haven't seen since the 1970s, 1980s. Yeah, certainly uh, some unusual events. Like you said, a lot of different things happening at the same time to cause that and experience rates that we haven't seen in, in many, many years. I know we're all feeling the impact of inflation at the gas pump, in the, the food stores, where we have it, everybody's feeling that. But why is inflation uh, so much more impactful to people who are in their retirement years and are maybe drawing on their retirement funds and no longer working? Yeah, um, see it all the time. It's a, when, you, when you're in retirement, you have a budget. Uh, you know you're gonna get a certain amount from Social Security. Uh, you hopefully have enough uh, funds saved up through your working years to be able to draw from those in retirement. Um, and generally, the amount that you're taking out to pay for those expenses, your expenses are hopefully fixed. Um, however, they did make an inflation adjustment to Social Security of about yeah. 5%. You know, that can help in certain, certain cases, but uh, we, we've seen this year that inflation is up 8.3% year over year. So even those increase in and Social Security checks isn't making up for that difference. But the bottom line is you, you're thought to have generally fixed expenses in retirement and you maybe inflate those by 2% uh, generally in a normal year, but those fixed expenses that you typically budget for are a lot higher than, than they have been in, in previous years. And those folks don't have the increase in pay that those of us who are still working might see in an inflationary period. Pay rates are going up, so your, your paycheck might go each month to help offset those costs. But yeah, obviously, in retirement, they don't have that. And also drawing on those re retirement accounts when, in this case, where we have inflation, market rates are going down, the value of their investments are going down, they want, don't want to be drawing on those investments when they're down. So it's kind of a double whammy, isn't it, for some folks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially anyone who's newly retired, but you're, you're exactly right. When you're in your working years, uh, your thought and hope is that your wage and the wage inflation outpaces or at least matches exactly. the um, consumer consumer prices. But we haven't seen wages go up as much as, as consumer prices. And then, of course, as a retiree, you won't be able to offset that because you don't have any wages. So it, like you said, it can kind of bite you, you know, on both ends. Yeah, we're, we're kind of in, in a period of time that we, we've never experienced, at least in my lifetime. You have to go back to the, the 70s being your working years or in, in your retired years to kind of understand what we're going through right now from, from an inflationary perspective. The other thing... Um, that I didn't mention before was uh, supply chain. You know, there's still a lot of issues um, 
on the supply chain side. And when the supply chain gets disrupted, that generally leads to an increase in prices as well. Uh, shorter supply, higher prices, same demand. It will be interesting to see how much of inflation is uh, purely due to the amount of money that has been created in the last couple of years versus the issues that we're, we're facing on a supply chain issue. Uh, I mean, you see it when you drive down the street, there's companies looking for, for workers, but there's a shortfall. Uh, and that's taking place all over the country. You know, you couple that with what's going on in Ukraine and, and Russia. I mean, there's a, some goods and, uh, and food that's produced in Ukraine and Russia, uh, not to mention oil, that when there's any kind of a disruption like we're seeing now, really, you know, drives the prices higher. Yep, a lot of different things happening. So one of the big things we hear about a lot, of course, is interest rates. And we've been we've had historically low interest rates for a long period of time. Um, recently, the Federal Reserve increased their rates uh, 50 basis points. That was the, the, the biggest increase in, in a number of years. And they've indicated that they're going to continue to do that. Their plan is to continue to raise interest rates over the next year through 2022 and possibly beyond. Matt, can you talk a little bit about why the Fed's doing this and, and how this might affect investors, either short term or longer term? The Fed, Federal Reserve has two mandates. Uh, one is to keep the long term level of, of inflation around 2%, and the other is to you know, maximize employment, so keep the unemployment rate low. We are at uh, essentially full employment. I mean, arguably, there's more workers available per job, uh, so we're in kind of a tight labor market. But the Fed's other mandate of keeping prices low, keeping, uh, you know, inflation low is, you know, kind of out of, out of control. I mean, if their long-run inflation target is 2%, they're, you know, four times over that. So uh, what the Fed is doing right now is, uh, you know, they're kind of putting their pedal on the, or they're putting their uh, foot on the pedal in terms of raising rates because they want to try to keep inflation at bay. Arguably, they're well behind the curve of keeping inflation at bay. But the way that they can kind of uh, curb uh, some of those price increases is through raising interest rates. So when they raise interest rates, the lending market uh, essentially has a, a reduction in funds available. So banks are required to keep more reserves uh, in their banks. So they, they loan out less money. Raising interest rate also strengthens the dollar because there's less supply generally when you raise rates you know, the banks aren't able to lend as much as they as they could at lower rates. There is a relationship with increasing interest rates and lowering in inflation. The question is uh, always on people's mind, can we uh, reach a soft landing, which is essentially, is the Fed going to be able to raise rates to a degree that doesn't trigger a recession? That's the biggest concern. So the Fed is kind of in a precarious position because Inflation is really high, but they don't want to run the risk of raising rates too quick and too high to essentially curb demand so much as to cause a recession. And they would cause a recession essentially by just slowing down activity in the economy, slowing down lending. Um, on the other end of that coin is investors are going to have better alternatives in terms of of interest rates to be able to invest at. 
Um, I spoke with uh, one of our head uh, uh, researchers on our investment committee last week, and he said this is one of the most attractive entry points for bonds for fixed income because interest rates have gone up so much relatively, uh, and I say relatively from you know almost zero to let's say three percent on the on the ten year. Uh, investors are actually going to get a little bit of yield, whereas over the last 10 years or so with rates being at or close to zero, uh, investors haven't been paid uh, to invest their money in any kind of fixed incomes. There's going to be other alternatives other than just stocks, you know, which people have essentially flocked to over the last 10 years so they could get some sort of a return. There's going to be an alternative to stocks now, uh, and I think that's partly why you're seeing you know, a challenging stock market uh, so far year to date. Great, great insight. We've talked a lot, Matt, about the current situation that we're in, you know, rising interest rates and inflation. What can investors do to help offset the impact of inflation in their por- portfolios right now? Another great question. Um, you know, some some view this as a, a scenario where there's nowhere to hide, uh, so to speak, because you know, the markets have come down uh, about 20% uh, year to date on the stock market. So, you know, a lot of the conversations we were having uh, and have been having about, you know, cash is, is not necessarily a place to be given the eight and a half percent inflation rate. Well, stocks are down too. Stocks can handle a degree of inflation, um, but when it's as high as it is now, uh, there's real concern about um, about the, the growth in the economy. So there are ways to sort of mitigate that risk. Uh, something we've been doing for a lot of portfolios is just incorporating a sleeve of dividend-paying stocks outside of our, our model. You know, dividend-paying stocks to a degree can weather some inflation. If you look at the companies that pay dividends, like a Walmart or a Home Depot or a Verizon, a McDonald's, those companies all own real estate, which tends to do well in an inflationary environment. They can also pass on some of those cost pressures to consumers. Although it's a difficult environment uh, in the stock market right now, we still think that um, you know being properly diversified internationally in emerging markets and in fixed income and, and bonds as well, that's really the, still the best place to be uh, cash Although has looked attractive this year so far, um, you know, at eight eight percent inflation. Although you don't see that on your statement, a reduction of eight percent uh, on your cash, your purchasing power is decreasing by that that amount too. So we think there are ways to weather the storm, and of course, uh, rebalancing too. You know, stocks have done really well over the last ten years. If if they've grown from uh, 60% of your portfolio allocation to 65%, now might be a good time to take that 5% off and put it into the bond market. So, you know, rebalancing too. So we still think having a well-diversified portfolio that's geared towards your financial plan specifically uh, is the best way to, um, you know, sort of ride out this storm but uh, we still don't think necessarily cash is, is the place to be. Yeah, uh, the inflation rates make it tough to just hold in money in cash because you are losing money every day when the price of things are going up. And, and again, that diversification, you hit it right on the head. That, that's always the key. 
not trying to time things, not trying to get in certain sectors that might be better than others, um, but just staying diversified. So all, all important things to remember. The volatility, we talked a little bit about inflation, the volatility in the market. Uh, we, we've seen it uh, throughout the year in 2022. What are some things investors can do during volatile times to help offset that? I know the big thing that we focus on a lot is just sticking to your plan. And, and we've had some clients who come in are, are, are really concerned. They see their accounts down 10 or 12% year to date, even though they're being fairly conservative and they're kind of in a panic. And, and we show them that plan. We say, hey, here's your plan. It's still going to make it. Our, our plan is built to take into account some of this volatility. You're not going to make 8% or 12% or 15% every year in the market. You're going to have those down years to offset it. So in addition to following that plan, or what are some other things that, that they can do on, with their portfolios? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. First off, um, any, any client relationship we have is all centered around a financial plan. I noticed this, especially during the COVID uh, panic in February and March of 2020, you know, I got a lot of client calls and nervousness about, you know, what was going on in the market and the economy. And, you know, what I said is, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't build into our plan that we were going to panic really just centering everything back on, Hey, what did the financial plan we built say? And it's that we've got to stay the course in the long run. When we build a plan, we have these built. So you're supposed to use your money up through age 100. You know, some people kind of scoff at that a little bit, but you know, on a conservative level, we want you to potentially have to use all the money that, that you're, you're building up uh, through age 100. So having that financial plan as a ballast is really gonna help you know, tamper any, any anxiety that, uh, that you might have during these periods. I mean, we get, we get something uh, that creates volatility in the market almost every year. If not every year, we have at least a 10% drawdown in, in the stock market. So this is not unusual the market climbs what's called a wall of worry uh, every year. So there's always going to be something, if you look at the history of the stock market, that uh, could cause uh, concern and might have people, you know, a little bit nervous about what's going on. But if you have that financial plan, you can stay the course, be prepared for things like that, like you do and have done in the past meetings. We pull up the financial plan if a client's worried and uh, just let them know that, hey, you're still on track. You know, these kinds of things happen every year, you know, but you're still on track to hit your goals. Some short-term things we can do are things like tax loss harvesting. Some clients aren't familiar with that necessarily, uh, but, um, you know, I like to talk about it in almost every, every single meeting uh, year to date, just because the markets have been so challenged. Uh, but tax loss harvesting, essentially, you create a, a loss, you sell one thing, you replace it with something that's similar and not substantially identical. Otherwise, the government would treat that as a wash sale. Uh, but we, we essentially buy something very similar in the same asset class. So we capture that loss, which creates a tax asset uh, for the client that they can use against other capital gains later in the year, up to 3K in ordinary income or pass on the rest um, indefinitely. So we essentially create, create that loss, but we stay invested. And then um, at the end of the year, we can revisit 
see if we have any capital gains that we should sell and match up against, or that client can carry the loss forward indefinitely. There are ways to take advantage of the volatility of Antax. Yo and Yo Wealth Management is doing that. Although clients might be nervous about the volatility, we can come to them at the end of the year and then next year uh, with hopefully a, a reduced tax bill. We can turn uh, you know, a tough situation into something that uh, might be beneficial down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we really focus on here is having our clients work with their advisor and their CPA hand in hand so that each knows what the other one's doing, taking advantage of the downturns when we can, when it's available, looking at doing Roth conversions when investments are down, a lot of different things we focus on because we all know taxes aren't going away and they're probably going to go up. So that's what makes it all the more important to make sure you know, your CPA and your advisor or tax preparer are communicating on a regular basis. So um, I think we're about out of time. Thanks so much, Matt. I think we got some great insight into what's going on in this crazy financial world right now and, and some ways to help combat that. Whatever you're doing, whatever your situation is, like Matt said, don't panic, take a breath, talk to your advisor about your unique situation. Everybody's situation is different. If you aren't getting communications from your advisor, we'd love to talk to you, see what your situation is. Maybe take a look at uh, your in current investment portfolio and see if there's ways that we can help you. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks everybody for joining us. Have a great day. for tuning in to Yo and Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. Yo and Yo's podcast can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and of course, our website. Please subscribe, rate, and review. For more business insights, visit our resource center at yoandyo.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletters. We'll talk to you next time on Yo and Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. The information provided in this podcast is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the podcast reflect the views of the speakers. This podcast does not constitute tax, accounting, legal, or other business advice or an advisor-client relationship. Before making any decision or taking action, you should consult with a professional regarding your specific circumstances.